Hello, my name is Christy Kramer, and I would like to welcome you to the first official episode of Michigan Unsolved, a true crime podcast that will focus solely on cases from Michigan, both the Lower and the Upper Peninsula. Before we get into today's first episode, I would like to introduce you to a special guest. His name is Ozzy. He is a five-month-old cockapoo that we rescued three weeks ago. And the reason I bring this up is because he does have some separation anxiety. And if he's not near me, he will scream. (laughs) So I thought it would be better to bring him in here with me today. So if uh, you happen to hear some noises, it's probably him chewing a bone. Um, So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that one. (laughs) So today's first episode is the disappearance of Dewan Christian Sims from Livonia, Michigan in 1994. December 11th, 1994 was the Sunday just two weeks before Christmas and Wonderland Mall in Livonia, Michigan was a very busy place right before the holidays. The mall was located near many communities and was a hangout spot for a lot of teenagers, including myself. In fact, I'd been there the day before doing my own Christmas shopping. I was only 17 at the time, and I believe that's one of the reasons this event has stuck with me so much the last 28 years is because it hit very close to home. I actually started to work at the mall about eight months after Duan went missing, and... Uh, we kept his photo behind the counter of the establishment that I worked at. And every little child that walked by, we were always looking at faces to see, you know, if we could find him, you know, who knew if somebody would, whoever took him would walk in with him one day. So it's, it's a, it's a hard story to cover, but like I said, I felt, I felt the need to make this my number one because it has stuck with me so long. So Dewan's story takes place, um, again, at Wonderland Mall on the west end of the mall. Wonderland Mall was originally built in 1959 as an open-air mall, like an outdoor mall. And in 1986, it was enclosed. And then in 1989, an addition was added to include an AMC movie theater and a Target store. And the reason I bring this up is because the Target store is where Dewan's story actually takes place. So according to Dewan's mother, Dewana Harris, they left their house at approximately 1.30 p.m. that Sunday, and they drove to the mall and arrived between 1.40 and 2 p.m. And they parked in the north parking lot, which was in front of the Target store. Uh, according to Duana, they entered through the main Target entrance. They walked around the Target store for approximately 20 minutes, and they ended up over in the movie section, and Duan wanted to purchase a VHS tape. And there are two accounts here. Um, one of them is that Dewana told Dewan that 
she did not have enough money for the tape. And the other one is that she told him that the lines were too long. Both of these have been stated by the police at different times. So I do not know if, I don't know the accuracy of those, if she actually said those at different times or or what, but those are both, um, they both have been reported by the police that she said both things. So at that point, they left them. They left the Target store. They did not leave through the main entrance. They actually left through the east entrance, which was attached to the mall, and it led to a corridor that then attached. The corridor ran alongside the Target and attached it to the main part of the mall. But there were also other stores along this corridor as well. And one of the stores was a KB toy store, which was maybe, maybe a hundred feet or so from the target entrance. So Duana said that she and Duan were walking side by side. She does admit that she was not holding his hand. Now, mind you, Duan had turned four on October 29th. So he was a very young four. He'd only been four for six weeks. And she was not holding his hand. They were talking. And as they were walking, he began to drift behind her. And she says that she allowed this because he was, he liked to feel independent. That is, um, that one sticks out for me (laughs) because I, my son is now 18. Um, but when he was four years old, there is no way that my child two weeks before Christmas in a busy mall is going to not be holding my hand. So, uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, but they were walking along this corridor and they came upon the KB toy store And she states that she paused in front of the KB toy store and she asked him a question and he didn't respond. And she said she turned around and he was gone. He was nowhere to be found. She says this was at approximately 2.30 p.m. At that point, she states that she searched She went into the KB toy store and she walked up and down the aisles searching for him. She checked some of the other stores in the corridor. She walked to the food court, which was at the end of the corridor. And nothing. She could not find one. She does not make any mention of going back to the Target store. She, uh, at that point flagged down a uh, custodian who had a walkie-talkie and asked her to contact the security guards. Uh, The first security guard to respond was 18-year-old Randy Pfeiffer. Uh, Randy actually gave an in-depth interview on the podcast True Crime Garage. I highly suggest that you check that one out. Um, It is their Dewan Sims episode and it is a very in-depth about a 20 minute interview and Randy gives so much information. I've actually tried to find him myself to interview him and I have not been able to, but, um, he gives a lot of information on this podcast. So if you have time, definitely check it out. 
So uh, Randy at that point contacted the rest of the security guards. I believe there were four others. And uh, they began searching the mall. Now, the way Wonderland was set up, there was like a long central part of the mall. And then on the north side, I believe there were four or five corridors that kind of stuck out. And there were stores on both sides of these corridors. So they're looking all over this mall. And they searched for 90 minutes. And they searched a lot. They went to stores and they told the employees to keep a lookout. Um, They were asking people along the way, you know, have you seen this little child? Now, remember, there are no cell phones at this point. Um, The few that were out there definitely did not have cameras on them and did not hold pictures. So they literally went off of Dewana's description. That's all they had. So essentially, you know, a small African-American child walking by themselves. You know, there was very little to go by. His coat color, which was black, his shoes, he, he was wearing blue sweatpants and some Fila shoes. Um, there was very little information. So still, they were searching. They looked everywhere, could not find him. So 90 minutes go by. They've looked everywhere for him. And um, at that point... Now, it's been two hours now since Dewan went missing. Dewana mentions, oh, by the way, my mom actually works at the Lady Foot Locker at the west end of the mall. I'm sorry, the east side of the mall. So all the way at the other end. This definitely struck them as very odd because why would you not mention that before? You know, so they head down to the Lady Foot Locker um, to see if maybe he went down there to find his grandma. And they go down there, they find Beverly, and they ask her, you know, have you seen Dewan? And she tells them no. She's completely confused. And um, she leaves work to join the search. Um, Beverly Harris was working at the mall part-time during the holidays. She actually was a City of Detroit Fire Department uh fire inspector at that time so this was like a part-time holiday job for her so she left work and joined the search and at that point randy uh, pfeiffer the security guard called the livonia police for assistance because they just they exhausted everything that the security guards could do at that point So they called the Livonia police, and it is also reported that Beverly Harris also called the police as well. So the the Livonia police arrive on the scene, and they, again, start searching. They're looking everywhere for this child. Now remember, this used to be an open mall, an open-air mall. When they enclosed it, there's going to be a lot of dead space. You know, like a lot of space that's not used, boarded up, drywalled, covered up. They tore stuff down they tore down walls they tore down anything they could think of stairwells whatever they could think of that a child may be able to sneak into and hide they they tore this place up okay they brought in dogs they brought in um canines they brought in there were five separate departments that joined the the search you had um the Livonia police department of course the Detroit Police Department, the Michigan State Police, 
the Wayne County Sheriff's Department, and the FBI ultimately joined this case. They were all on scene the following day, along with the canine unit, to find Dewan Christian Sims. Okay? So, they, um, at that point, they, you know, like I said, they're searching. It's probably about 5 o'clock by this time. They uh, take the police and Randy Pfeiffer, who has been with Dewana since the beginning, um, take her back to the Target store to review the security footage. Okay. So, again, mid-90s, there's not a whole lot of security cameras up, but there were security cameras at the main Target entrance and the entrance, the mall entrance of Target. So, the, um, the east door of the Target facility that led into the corridor. So, and that's the door that Dewana said they came through. So they, um, they sat down to review the footage and they're, they're looking and they're looking and they're looking and all of a sudden at a timestamp of 144, this little, this woman and this little boy arrive on screen and Dewana goes, there we are. And the woman on the on the screen bends down to talk to her child, and Duana goes, "See, yeah, I remember that. That's when I told him he couldn't. We couldn't buy the VHS tape today." And the the police are, you know, they're taking this all in, but they're a little confused. Number one, because the the time does not add up. Like I said, the timestamp was one forty four, and at that point, Duana had just gotten to the mall. So that was their first issue with those two people on on the tape. The other issue was that the woman on the tape was wearing a brown jacket with a hood and a black baseball cap. And Dewana was sitting next to them in the room and she was wearing a black jacket, no hood, and no cap. So they brought this discrepancy up to Dewana. You know, they left the time portion alone. You know, maybe her timing was off, but they asked about the clothing. And um, they asked about the hood on the jacket. And she says, oh, no, 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 that's not a hood. That's the collar for my my coat. See, it's the collar. And then they asked her about the color. And she's like, no, 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 that's, that's black. That's not brown. But then... They asked about the hat. What happened to the hat? You're not wearing a hat. And at that point, she said, yeah, I guess it's not us. Go figure. So um, they continue to scour the videotape for hours. Multiple people are reviewing this tape for hours. Hours leading up to his supposable de- disappearance and hours behind. At no point in any of the tape do you see Dewan Christian Sims. As a matter of fact, you also do not see Dewana Harris. So, the police find this extremely odd. It just doesn't make sense. 
they uh, continue searching, but at that point, they take Dewana to the police station um, for, you know, let's try to come up with what's, you know, try to figure out what's going on here. They uh, do give her a polygraph test to which she failed. And uh, they gave her mother a polygraph test and she passed. Uh, they gave Dewan's father, Zachary Sims, a polygraph test and he passed. Uh, Mr. Sims did come to the mall uh, while they were still reviewing the security tape. Uh, he was extremely distraught. Um, it is reported that he had not seen Dewan for a month prior to this date. Um, I don't know why, but that is what I've seen reported in multiple, uh, in multiple places. Like I said, I, I have reached out to Mr. Sims for comments. Um, I have not heard back from him, but, uh, all I, all I can tell you is that from what I've seen, what I've read, he had not seen Dewan for a month. So he was extremely upset um, he didn't understand why she wasn't holding his hands. You know, how could she let this happen? You know, I honestly, I think what any parent would say if the other parent lost a child, um, he has, however, gone on record stating that he does believe that Dewana was a good mother. Okay. And I, I will, I will say that because I have seen that reported multiple times. So again, uh, Zachary Sims passed the polygraph. Beverly Harris passed the polygraph. Dewana Harris failed. That was the evening on that Dewan went missing. And uh, so the next day, uh, they brought her back to the mall. They had her retrace her steps. The news media was at the mall. All of these five police departments were at the mall. The, the dogs were at the mall. They're just, they're still, they're searching. They're doing anything they can to find this child. They have her retrace her steps through the Target store, through the corridor, wherever, all the places that she searched, hoping that they can find something. You know, it's not like he left a shoe behind or his jacket or something. I mean, there's just literally nothing to go by. Um, at that point, they take her back to the police station um, because, you know, her mother, her mother believed that the reason she failed the first polygraph test was because of the immense stress she was under. She just lost her child. You know, she was heartbroken, you know, let's give her another shot. So they proceed to perform another polygraph test. And, um, let me just say she was only at the police station for 45 minutes because as she began to fail the second polygraph test, she became irate and she stood up from the chair, ripped the paper out of the machine and stormed out of the police precinct. So, uh, that just goes to show that she may have a temper. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so then, um, Three days after Dewan went missing, uh, she held a press conference at her mother's home on Fielding Street in Detroit. And she, she focused on the fact that she did not feel that police were doing enough to find her son. She said that they're so concerned about who she's hanging out with and who she's living with and sleeping with and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're all focused about her, but they're not focused on finding her child. Uh, she stated that she feels, she felt that the reason that the police were not 
looking for Dewan and they were focusing on her was because of the Susan Smith case. Now, if you remember back in October of 1994, Susan Smith was in South Carolina and she claimed that her two sons were kidnapped during a carjacking and um, they were missing, I believe, for approximately two weeks. Um, Susan gave multiple press conferences begging for their return and um, ultimately Susan confessed to strapping her two young sons into their car seats and driving the car into a lake where they drowned and the bodies of her two young sons were found shortly thereafter. So in Dewana's mind, that's why the police were not focusing on finding Dewan and focusing on her was because um, of the Susan Smith case. Now, the police said flat out, look, it has nothing to do with the Smith case. I mean, yeah, sure, everybody is aware of that case, but anytime a child goes missing, we focus on the parents. And that is that is true in 1994. It was true in 1950, and it's true in 2023. So that's just how it works. If a child goes missing, the parents are always the first to be questioned. She was the last person to see him. And literally nothing is adding up. So yeah, they're going to focus on her. But they're also looking for this child. You know, you may have, you know, one or two people asking her questions. But you have hundreds of people out there scouring the area looking for this baby. Now, I, let me tell you this. This was just before Christmas that he went missing. The Livonia Police Department alone paid out $43,000 in overtime for their officers to continue looking for Dewan through the holidays. A lot of their um, officers didn't even get to spend time with their families because they were looking for her child. Okay? This was... He was everybody's child at that point. We... I mean... There's not a store you could go into that you were not looking for this child. I can remember driving down the road and looking over in cars, looking at faces. Everyone wanted to find Dewan. Okay? And if you don't think $43,000 in overtime was, was that much, and that was in 1994, that is equivalent to $87,000 in overtime alone in today's, in today's market. That's a lot of money. Okay, so there was a lot of time and effort put into finding this child. And yes, she was going to be questioned because the, her story just didn't make sense. So her home was searched. The, the areas around her home were searched. Her mother's home was searched. I mean, there was no sign of this child. Okay. Not one person that was at that mall that day saw this child. They begged people to come forward. If you've seen him, please. They had a special tip line made up. Nobody saw this child at the mall. Dewana Harris was not seen on any surveillance cameras. Dewan Sims was not seen on any surveillance cameras at that mall. There are a few mall entrances that did not have cameras. So yes, she could have came in through one of those entrances, but that's not what she said. And her story has not changed. Now, 
about three months after Dewan went missing, uh, Dewana married Victor Jackson, who was her boyfriend at the time. And they proceeded to have two daughters. Um, in 1996, when her first daughter was five months old, Victor took his child from a previous relationship shopping and did not want to take the five-month-old baby. So Duana pulled a kitchen knife on him and threatened his life. And she was arrested for domestic assault and she pled guilty. So again, going back to the polygraph that she ripped out of the, you know, the paper she ripped out of the polygraph machine, she obviously has a temper. Again, not making any, I don't have a theory here. Just saying. These are facts. Um, she then gave birth to a second child. I don't have dates, but I do know that uh, her and Victor Jackson did divorce. And then uh, Dewana and her daughters moved down to North Carolina, where Dewana married a man named Felton Wiggins. And she lived an entirely fresh life. Um, I don't understand that personally. I think as a mother whose child is missing, I don't think I could ever leave the area. I, again, I would be searching for his face and every child that I saw. Um, they've done multiple age progression photos and nothing, you know, Nothing has panned out. Uh, 2019, a man by the name of Mike Cash walked into the Livonia Police Department with a photograph of himself as a small child, and he says that he does not believe that his parents are his biological parents. He showed them this picture, and he said that he believed that he was Dewan Sims. Uh, they took a DNA swab, and he did reach out to Dewana Harris on Facebook. And she subsequently blocked him. Uh, the DNA test did come back, and he, in fact, was not Dewan Sims. So, unfortunately, um, he still has not been found to this day. And I personally believe that uh, Dewana Harris Jackson Wiggins is the biggest uh, lead that we will ever have in this case. I believe that she is the one that holds the truth of where Dewan is. But unfortunately, um, in December of 2020, Dewana suffered a heart attack and passed away. So unfortunately, she took the secret of Dewan to her grave. Because... I, like I said, I'm not saying that she killed her child. I'm not saying that because I don't know. But I will say that she knows something, that she knew something because he was not with her at that malt that day. So if something happened, it was an accident or whatever, I, you know, stuff happens. Um, she took that secret to her grave. Uh, there are a couple other inconsistencies that I just want to bring to your attention. It, it was not just the, um, the lack of him on security tapes because, you know, that's not the be-all or end-all. But she does claim that uh, 
the day bef- the night before uh, she went out with her boyfriend at the time, Victor, and left Dewan with a babysitter. That Sunday morning, uh, she woke up at 10 a.m. and proceeded to, you know, get ready and then collect five loads of laundry. Then she went to go pick up Dewan from the sitter's house and then went to the laundromat. Now, if you woke up at 10 o'clock, got ready, then proceeded to get your laundry, pack up your car, go get your child, then head to a laundromat, I'm assuming in my in my brain that that's going to take you at least a good 45 minutes. So I would safely say they did not arrive to that laundromat until 1045. There is no documentation of this. There's no proof of this. I'm, I'm just saying that going by how long it takes me to get moving in the morning, I'm going to say it was probably about 1045 that they arrived at the laundromat if she woke up at 10 a.m. Now, she states that she did five loads of laundry at the laundromat, and while she was doing these loads of laundry, Duan sat there and watched cartoons. However, when police went back to the laundromat, number one, they could not confirm with anybody that she was there. No, they, they put out requests. Did you see them at the laundromat? Nobody. The owner, whoever, nobody saw them at the laundromat. And there was a television at the laundromat that Dewana says that Dewan watched cartoons on. But on a Sunday morning, at that particular laundromat, on that particular TV, there were no cartoons playing after 11 a.m. So, Obviously, Dewan was not watching cartoons after 11 a.m. at that laundromat. So that's just one other, one other little thing. Not not a little thing. I mean, honestly, I think it's a pretty big thing um, that just doesn't make sense. Uh, Beverly Harris did take a uh, life insurance policy out on Dewan uh, prior to his disappearance, but. Uh, it was through the Detroit Fire Department, and it was essentially kind of one of those Gerber grow-up plans where you put the, you know, you make the payments, and it essentially puts money aside so that when he turns 18, he could use the money for college. So that, some people find that a little bit odd. I think that as a grandparent, that's amazing. I plan on doing something similar for my grandchildren one day. I think it's wonderful that she that she took the effort as a grandparent to, um, to do that for her grandson. And it is no, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, Beverly Harris did not truly treasure her grandson. She made a statement a few days after she went missing, after he went missing, sorry, that, you know, defending her daughter because she said that her daughter knew that if she was in any kind of need or trouble or anything that she could just drop Dewan off and her mom would take care of him and and there was no doubt in my mind that that she would and honestly like I don't really believe that she that she intentionally harmed her child I really don't I I do think something happened and I do think that she knows what happened and I do think she was part of some kind of a cover-up of some sort um I do not believe that he went missing from the mall, but I guess that's one thing that, you know, we'll never know. So 
there really isn't um, much to tell outside of, you know, outside of what I've shared. Um, I do, uh, I do hope and pray that one day I'll be able to give you guys an update and, and tell you that he has been found one way or the other. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, uh, tune in till next week, um, where I will be telling the story of, uh, baby Kate, Catherine Phillips. Um, this one does deal, um, with the details of, a the death of a, of an infant. So just a little trigger warning there. Um, it is heart wrenching, but it is unsolved and in a way it is unsolved. So it's definitely a, a, a case that needs to be shared because just one person out there, and it's not that old of a case. It is still fairly recent, and I, you know, just one person might remember one tiny little detail that might give um, baby Kate's mother the closure that she needs. So I, I really want to thank you all for joining me today, and I want to thank my, my guest host, Mr. Ozzy over here, for sleeping and not snoring very loudly (laughs) he's he actually did wonderful so i may have to bring him back next time so again uh, my name is christy kramer and this has been episode one of michigan unsolved see you next week